Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast. John Eldridge here, flying solo in the week of December 28th, the week of Christmas tide in the Christian calendar, which runs from the feast of the Nativity of our Lord, which is Christmas Day, through Epiphany, January 6th. I love this time of year. I really do. I love it that over the ages, the church has tried to keep our focus in the story and not have us just, you know, running off to post-holiday sales or getting to FedEx to send back things we didn't like for Christmas or things that didn't fit. It's like, no, 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 stay in the story. In fact, if you're tuning in on December 28th, this is the Feast of the Holy Innocents, remembering the martyrdom of all of those precious young boys around Bethlehem who were executed by Herod, obviously later in the story when he learns that the Magi tricked him and did not come back to Jerusalem to tell him that they had found the king of the world. Anyhow, the point being that we are in Christmas tide, and I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. But knowing the history of Christmas for many people and knowing Christmas 2020, it was probably very different than what most of us are used to probably weren't able to get everybody together, though I hope you could, probably weren't able to travel as much, though I hope you did. So whether you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas Eve, Christmas, or a somewhat disappointing one, we are all in the same place now coming into Christmas tide because no matter how wonderful or how disappointing Christmas can be each year, particularly 2020, Christmas raises longings in our hearts that Christmas can't possibly fulfill. And, and we all experience this, but I don't know that we're quite conscious of it or name it. We, we either kind of go to, gosh, I wish it could have been longer or gosh, I wish the kids could have been here and, and sort of stay in the, oh, well. Or for many people, Christmas is a tough time. And it was, I wish I had a family. I, I wish I could have gotten home or I wish I wasn't struggling so much this year. Christmas raises these longings in our hearts, longings for connection, longings for laughter and celebration, for feasting, longings for joy, longings for surprises. I think the whole thing built around gifts and gift giving and presents under the tree, there's, there's some deep longing in the human heart to just be surprised with wonderful things. Longings for beauty. I love the beauty of the Christmas season. I love everything about it. The trees, the lights, the poinsettias, the music, the traditional carols, the choirs. I love all of it. 
I love winter, around Christmas time at least. And there's something about the beauty of it that just these deep longings awaken in us for wholeness and completeness and for wellness, longings for rest, longings for happiness. And this is a very, very holy place in our hearts. This is a very, very precious place in your heart. Whether Christmas was wonderful or Christmas was not what you wanted or hoped it would be, it's over now. It's December 28th, and we're moving on into the finish of the year. And we've got to be very, very careful to shepherd this beautiful, central, I I think I would call it even the core place of the human heart, the longings for connection and celebration and beauty and joy. That is your kingdom heart. And my question to you this week is, and what are you doing with it, dear friends? What are you doing with your kingdom heart this week? Did you know that there is now a bunch of research out that shows that the anticipation of an event like a vacation or a birthday or Christmas, there is actually more joy, more happiness in the human brain than there is in the event itself? And and I I think we can all go, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't need research to tell me that. The anticipation, the longings, the expectation, the mythic nature of the desire itself is always greater than the event itself because that is our kingdom heart. And there's only one place, there's only one place that that research is not going to prove true, and that is when the kingdom comes. We will not be disappointed, and our expectations and anticipations of it will not outstrip our experience of it. 100% guaranteed, I assure you. But in our current context, here in Christmastide, we have this season now till the Feast of Epiphany, which is the remembrance and the celebration of the visitation of the Magi to Jesus and his family on January 6th, we have this season now to stay in the story and to use this holy, awkward time of longing and disappointments to shepherd our hearts back into the places that God has for us. And what I'd like to do this week is just offer you some guidance in that. My first point is stay in the story. Stay in the story. There was a reason that that down through the ages, the faithful, you know, established this liturgical calendar because the world is constantly just trying to get us to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And we don't stay in anything for very long, but we do need to stay in the story. We need to lift our eyes out of post-holiday sales and tearing down the Christmas tree and packing up the lights or whatever your particular mood is right now and get back into the big story. God came. 
He promised he would come. He came. It is incredible. The incarnation of Jesus, that Jesus took on our humanity in order to save our humanity and all of it. I mean, we go on and on and on for weeks on what Christmas brings to us and reminds us of in God's story. Here is where we really need to shepherd our hearts because the season can be very disappointing for people. And if it is, we've got to be really careful about the agreements that get in. First off, all those longings, those beautiful longings for connectedness and joy and celebration and beauty and wonder, we just go, whatever, and we just start shutting it down. We just turn the volume down, close the door on that most precious place of our kingdom heart. We make agreements like, you know what, I'm just not doing that next year, or I'm not trusting, you know, on and on. You know what your agreements are. Or, or if it was wonderful, and I hope it was wonderful, I hope that there were really great moments prior to and, and in Christmas Day, and now here in Christmas Tide for you. The danger there is that we pretend that we are satisfied when the best joy in this world right now is partial because of our kingdom hearts. And what will you do with the fact that now it is passing? You still have that kingdom heart, but everything, you know, eventually gets packed up and goes back in the box and we all move on with our lives. How do we shepherd our hearts in this time? The, the answer is, please don't shut that part of your heart down. Please don't just rush on the temptation to just get on with life. I have a friend who their longings for Christmas are so childlike and so vast and so mythic. She knows it, and still she she throws herself fully into it every year, and every year on December 26th, she's disappointed. <laughs> so she takes down all the Christmas decorations in her apartment on the 26th every year, like almost in a defiant, angry vengeance on those very longings and on that precious place and on the world and maybe even on God not coming through. It's like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Let's use Christmas tide. Let's use this time of year, especially in 2020, the close of 2020, to shepherd our hearts into the love of God and into the kingdom. And the process that I want to describe here is by giving our longings to Jesus and to his coming in ways that we don't normally do in a conscious way in our day-to-day -day life, like allowing the longings for wonder and joy and beauty and connectedness and laughter and surprises and feasting and delight to actually carry on here in Christmas tide, to inhabit those longings, go into them, feel them, feel the ache, feel the desire, and in that place, in those many places in us, begin to love Jesus. 
You love Jesus in those places. If it was good, Lord, thank you. I, oh, it was so great to see our kids. I love you in that, Jesus, for that is you coming for me. And if, if there were disappointments or frustrations or no Christmas at all, Lord, I enter that emptiness or that frustration or that disappointment, and I love you right there right there in that place. Because as we do, we're able to get our hearts in union with Christ there. And I think that this is especially critical here at the end of 2020. You know, the the mood right now is, let's just get this year over. Let's get 2020 behind us. I think there's just this collective global thing on, can we please just close the door on 2020 and the danger there, as we've talked about in some earlier podcasts, is there's kind of this idea that somehow 2021 is going to fix all that. But you know in your heart that 2021, apart from the return of Jesus, is not going to satisfy your kingdom heart. And so it's not safe to you know, either bury those longings and desires or live in resignation right now, or just, can we just get to next year? Let's just get to next year and start looking forward to other things. Let's shepherd our kingdom hearts right here, right now, by being very careful about agreements that we're making, by being very careful about where we are putting our hopes right now, particularly putting hopes in just the turn of a calendar year that somehow vaccines and travel and whatever, you know, work will somehow open all that up again and life will be wonderful. Let's be very, very careful with our hearts because right now here in this week, the week of December 28th, the last week of 2020, there are forces in the world right now, predatory forces, looking to capitalize on the vulnerability of our hearts and on the weariness of our hearts. As we have described, desolation and hopelessness in particular are really looking for opportunities right now to get in. And we've got to be super careful about that and guarding our hearts and shepherding our hearts. And I think Christmastide can help us with that if we'll use it well. This desolation and hopelessness coming in subtly or not so subtly. The thing is this, so Christmas sets up longings and desires and awakens in us these beautiful kingdom hearts, and it can't deliver. Either it didn't deliver at all, or it only partially delivered, or it did deliver for some. Some of you are saying, what? I had a phenomenal time. It was magical. It was wonderful. It was Jesus. Yes, I want to point out, and it's over, or, or it's about to be over as soon as the your parents leave or, you know, you go back to work and the world goes on into January. So there's a partiality to all of it. 
And our kingdom hearts are very vulnerable to these predatory forces in the world right now of desolation and hopelessness if we are not careful. And what I'm recognizing in myself and what I've seen in myself during this holiday season, you know, I'm a poetic guy. I, I'm, a, I'm a big-hearted guy. And so, you know, I feel all this very deeply and I'm aware of my kingdom heart and the longings that I have for holidays and birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and vacations. You know, I just long for the kingdom and I long to see and taste parts of the kingdom here and now on earth. And I think we can. I think we do. I think we can pray that, that we do. But what I was aware of this holiday season was that there are historic places that Christmas just never touches, that holidays, birthdays, vacations just don't reach because of this broken world. And we each have a story, and because of my own particular story, there are places in me that feel empty or maybe only partially touched, places in me that can feel very bereft or deprived. I think you can at least relate to that because 2020 was such a year of deprivation. It was just the denial of so much of our normal lives and joys and hopes and things. There's these places in me of deprivation or disappointment or partiality, and I can feel that desolation and hopelessness that the enemy is bringing over the world, trying to get in, sometimes in very subtle ways. You know, it's just the shutdown. Well, I'm just going to shut down, you know, like just put most of my heart away and now just go put out fires. Just get things done, answer email, you know, get the Christmas lights down, pack things up and just get on with things. Let's just get on with things. So sort of a subtle way that that gets in or or maybe not so subtle. And, and this stuff that's operating, these spiritual forces that are operating in the world can really make you feel very bereft and very desolate and make God feel very distant, make faith feel stupid and dumb and, and make hope just like vanish all of a sudden because, you know, you're the submarine and, and that's the ocean pressure all around you. And it's, it's an intense pressure. It's very hard to withstand it, particularly if there are these places in us that are vulnerable to it, places of hurt or betrayal, places that feel bereft. And so here's how we can use Christmas tide, because as these things present themselves, either the enemy's going to seize it or Jesus gets it. <laughs> and I, I want to get all of that in me in Jesus. And I want to get Jesus into all of that in me. Like, I don't want to be vulnerable to hopelessness and desolation and all of their expressions and so what I need to do is pay attention to my heart right now in this weird kind of in-between time with the, the official end of Christmas itself and, and, you know, the new year hasn't quite come and January hasn't quite kicked in. 
in this waiting room, here's what we do. As, as we are aware of either the good or the bad, either the longings for beauty and joy and love, and we inhabit those longings, we bless them. They are a critical part of our hearts, and we give them to Jesus and to his coming. Like you literally make the intentional step of saying, Jesus, I give this longing for beauty and feasting to you and to your coming. I put it there and join me there. Inhabit this, Lord, union with you in these places. Same thing on the negative side of the frustration and the disappointment and the feelings of bereftness and and maybe stronger, maybe depression, discouragement, despair is getting in. The door always opens from the inside, as we say. You inhabit that in your soul. You recognize it. You go there. You go, okay, here is this bereft place in me. Jesus, I begin to love you here. I love you. I love you. And I just stay there with that. I love you, Jesus. I love you. And I open the door to this place in my soul to you. Jesus, come here. Come and meet me here. I pray for union with you. I pray for a deep bonded love with you. Bond with me here in what is feeling desolate or disappointed or or just simply partial. Even that part of me right now that's just tempted to just, okay, look, can we just get on with things? Like, whoa, 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 hang on, Lord. Come to me in this place. Abide with me in this place so that it's not vulnerable to the various forms and expressions of hopelessness and bereftness and desolation, loss of faith, loss of hope that are rampaging across the human heart in the world right now. Let me read to you Psalm 4, verses 6 and 7. Many are asking, who can show us any good? And then he answers, let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. Who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us because you can fill our hearts with greater joy than anything the world can offer. Friends, there is an experience that is available in Jesus right now in the world as it is where these places in your heart that feel partial or only touched by Christmas or wonderfully touched, but now it's over or discouraged, despairing, lonely, there is an experience that actually surpasses even the greatest moments of joy on this earth. There is. And that experience of wholeness of wholeheartedness, of the presence of God in us, allowing Jesus into these places, it does so much for us. It disentangles us from the world. It fortresses us. It literally 
closes the doors to desolation and hopelessness and bereft and discouragement and despair and just that cluster, that cloud of darkness that's really trying to get people right now on the earth. It's your immune system to it. It's, it's, it's strength and resiliency, and it connects your heart to the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't feel so far away anymore. If we will do these things, we enter these places, good or bad, the joy, the disappointment, the gifts that did come, the gifts that didn't come. We enter these places in our hearts, particularly right now, places that feel empty or bereft or desolate. And we begin to love Jesus there, which is the process of, I love you here. And we reject desolation. We choose it. We lift the shield. We lift the shield of faith against discouragement, bereft, alone, desolation, whatever the expression of this is that's trying to get into you. We bring the shield of the Lord against it. I reject this. I reject this. I'm not abandoned. I'm not desolate. I reject it because I have God. And in there, as we're abiding in this place and opening the door to Christ, we invoke his love and his glory and his kingdom. Fill my heart here, Jesus, with your love and your glory and your kingdom. Unite yourself to me here. And this is the way that we become more fully united with the life of Jesus now our strength, our provision, our fortress, and our shield in this hour. And just this beautiful, simple step of saying, Jesus, I give my heart to you and to your coming. All these longings in me to be loved and known and to have connection and to have community and to have many, many beautiful moments of feasting and happiness and laughter. That's my kingdom heart, Lord. And I give it to your coming because then it's in a safe place, right? Everything you want, everything is yours. 100% guaranteed it's coming to you. A great good is coming to you. Very soon, the imminent return of Jesus is the central anchor of the soul. This is Hebrews 6, 9. We have this hope as the anchor of the soul, Lord, that all that my heart longs for is coming to me any moment, and all that my heart has endured is going to be healed any moment. And everything that Christmas and Christmas tide awakens in me, both the good and the hard, is allowing me to give my heart to you more fully in this hour, to abide in the larger story so that I may be fully yours and that you, precious Jesus, may be fully mine. That is my prayer for you, friends, here in the week of Christmas time. 